All right, don't get caught arguing balls and strikes because if that's the case, you are out of here. You are in the strike zone with your host, Matt Stryker and Mike the Rotocop. And I just have to backhand Mike for putting that music on there. We will never hear that music ever again. It was again. in honor of WrestleCon uh, weekend, yeah, yeah, WrestleMania yeah. weekend. That's why I suggested to Joe, our sound guy, that we yeah. put that music on. This I thought what, it was pretty funny, pretty entertaining. That's what happens when I get here late. This is the strike zone, <laughs> the hottest rising baseball show over the last X amount of weeks. Everything on social media has been fantastic. A lot of people really love your stuff, even though I try to tell them not to. <laughs> and today is a thrill for me. I'm going to fanboy out because our guest is the one and only Paul Spora. I am a huge Paul Spora mark. Follow him on Twitter. I listen to him on his great, 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 I don't know how many greats that was, podcast, Sleeper in the Bust, just all kinds of great baseball stuff. And if you're a gamer out there and you play MLB The Show... Paul is actually a playable character in the game, and that drives my co-host, Michael, nuts. No, it doesn't. Good for Paul. I, I could only aspire to be in a video game one day. Were you ever in a video game? Yeah. You were? A couple of them, A actually. couple of them, yeah, huh? Did you, cool. did, when you played the game, did you use yourself as a wrestler? I don't play them. You've never played any no. WWE game, ever? Not with myself. Like as a, oh, as you a pick thing. another character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, Why don't I, you play with yourself? <laughs> Why do you think I was late getting here? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Matt underscore striker underscore. You can reese me, reese me on com. And Mike, we're going to just give you your whole carte blanche. Go ahead. What do you got? All right. Mike the Rotocop on Twitter. Actually, Matt, I didn't get a chance to tell you because you came in late. I am working my, quote unquote, working my first Met game Are you? on Wednesday against the Twins. Congratulations, so hopefully, uh, man. Hopefully, I'll get some uh, good content out of that. I have uh, a couple things in the works I'll tell you about off air. So that's exciting. Oh, that's uh, great. For Mesmerized. And mm -hmm. you can also find me at PitcherList.com. I'm doing the uh, the DFS this week, the slate on Tuesday, the Tuesday night slate, and uh, Thursday full slate. So it's two things to look forward to. How's your DFS stuff been going so far? I did a my DFS content or me personally? No, you personally. I don't care about your content. I care about <laughs> if you're making money or not. Um, Winnings-wise, I, I was in a good one yesterday. It was, uh, I think it was a 20... Oh no, a $10 entry, and I was up to the top 400 until Bellinger hit the homer last night in the eighth inning, which killed me because I didn't have him, and everyone just shot up past me. But I still ended up walking away like plus $5 or whatever it was. Small change, but something. Seriously, Pays for the coffee. Actually, it's, it's, it's a great segue just to talk about guys that are hot and guys that are not. And one guy that uh, I drafted, if I'm in nine leagues, actually, I told you, did I tell you I sold? Two of my teams. No, you did not. Yeah, sold them for the entry fee plus 10%. To who? That's how you do it. Some noob. But in any <laughs> event, I uh, have quite a few shares of Cody Bellinger, and I was a little concerned. I really drafted him for his ability to walk. And meanwhile, dude, there are no leaves in his yard because my man is Ray King. And he's doing it against left-handed pitching, and he's lowered his K rate. I mean, he just has this new plate approach. And uh, so right away, just you know, some organic baseball talk, can Cody Bellinger sustain, if you're a Cody Bellinger owner, are you trying to shop him right now Why value is high? What are your thoughts on old Cody Bellinger? No, he's only 23 years old, and the sky's the absolute limit for this kid. Um, in the Yahoo League, I'm in the head-to-head. -head. He absolutely killed me last week. The guy had 17 runs on his own, 18 RBIs. How's that possible over a 10-day span to have 18 RBIs, 7 home runs? He's already 
put himself in the freaking front front runner for MVP. I know it's early, but seven home runs, eighteen RBIs is insane. Like you said, with the left-handed pitching, six homers, twenty-five RBIs all last season against left-handed pitching. This year, he already has two homers, eight RBIs, and he ended up as the fourth first baseman off the board in NFBC this year. And the guys ahead of him were Goldschmidt, Freeman, Rizzo. I think if they drafted today, he'd go in front of Rizzo, and then between Goldschmidt, Freeman, and Bellinger, those three will compete for the top first baseman taken in next year's drafts. I, I would definitely hold on to him. He's the sky's the limit with him. Do you own any Bellinger? I do not. Oh, I sorry, actually man. avoided him. And one of the things I liked about him was that he plays every single day. So that, <laughs> it's something to like. It is something to like. Guys like him, Trey Turner, who plays every single day, but obviously not anymore. Those are the guys that uh, are really solid for your for your team. But I, I stayed away from Bellinger, and I went the, the cheaper first baseman route with Justin Smoke, who's currently injured, CJ Crone, who's currently not hitting. And now I just picked up Mark Reynolds, who isn't even in the lineup today. So well, my first uh, base situation is not too good. Well, that's interesting. Ryan McMahon takes an IL stint. And for the Garrett Hampson owners, that me, uh, we like to think that that's going to help things out. But then again, I'm hearing Ramil Tapia. And then again, I'm hearing Mark Reynolds. And I'm just saying that over and over again because it's annoying. Because if you're a McMahon owner or a Hampson owner, you want to see him get the ABs. I'm talking about Hampson. But now here comes Mark Reynolds, who just, you know, muddies up the water, so to speak. And this is to a point where you are choking on your misery. The water went down the wrong pipe. That's what she said. So um, there's that. And also, I wanted to ask you, so last week we were talking about uh, what you're going to do in the Trey Turner wake. Mm -hmm. So what have you done and how has it been working out? So the two leagues I had Turner in were NFBC leagues where you got to use Fab to acquire players. And? And I got Freddie Galvis in both leagues for $21 last night, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but I could have. I wanted other guys. Um, Arcia was taken in both leagues. Right. Uh, Brandon Crawford was owned in both leagues. Ew. The 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 shortstop pool isn't really too great. Right. So I ended up with Galvis in both leagues. I put him for Clint Frazier, who I didn't, who I didn't end up getting. A couple of other guys I put in for that I ended up getting. But uh, Galvis is going to be the short term solution. If you want to say long term, depending on how uh, how long Turner is out for, but he's the solution I came up with. So. We'll see how he does. One of the other things we started last week, and I'm looking forward to getting back to this week, is doing Average Joe's team. I want to see how Joe has been doing. And it's great because originally you told me not to give Joe my phone number. And I said, why? I said, Joe seems just like a nice guy. And he's one of these guys I would not mind sharing my personal phone number with. And I've shared my email and my phone number. And I want to tell you something. This is the nicest guy in the world. Your good email, too. But not not, the, no, no, you not, gave not me. the one I gave you. But you let me say something. Your real email. Do you get those 3 a.m. texts? I do not. Joe's, Joe's texting you at 3 a.m.? He texts me at about 3 baseball? About baseball. Joe, what are you doing here? Yeah, man? and I'm beginning to really like think to myself, what's the deal? And as a matter of fact, actually, if we can open up Joe's mic. Joe, what's up, man? Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the texts say in, in, at 3 a.m. to see if I'm up, and then they just have – they're insane. What's going on there, dude? What are you doing at 3 a.m.? Dude, I'm just listening to all this content you guys are producing. <laughs> totally, totally genuine. The first thing that Joe did when I walked in here was shove his cell phone in my face. I'm not even lying. Shove his cell phone in my face and said, here, can you help me? And yes. showed me <laughs> two rosters and said, who do I drop for this guy? That was the first thing he did when I came in here. I'm trying to help you out here. Look at this. I think we've created a monster. Good old Joe the Sound Guy. Good old Joe the Sound Guy. So we're going to get into all of that and uh, probably in about 15 minutes, our good friend Paul Spohr is going to give us a call. 866-755-8693 is the number here in the studio. And uh, honestly, I'm 
I'm super excited to talk to Paul because um, I know you've been a part of this industry for a while and I'm coming from this wacky world of wrestling, but I've always been a fantasy baseball nerd. So now to finally get to talk to these guys, it, it kind of makes me, I don't know, it validates me, Mike. Can we talk about the elephant in the room? What? What are you talking about? I'm talking about your match against nah, Bachelor nah, today. Nah, can we just can we just touch that? that? You're the one that said the wrestling thing. That's that's what made me reminded. You almost right, got away right, without right, it. Right, go ahead. What do you want to talk you about? Tell you tell me. You tell me. The the match with Mike Babchick from Mad Dog Sports Radio did not go down as anticipated. Um, I did not take into consideration the fact that he's not a wrestler, and uh, he did something that I totally did not see coming and did not expect. And uh, is there a name for that move? I think he has named it on social media as the hashtag uh, five fecal fingers of death. I won't go into it any further, but you could figure out what was on his hand that he used. And, um, yeah, man, basically, uh, I think there will be a rematch. I do have to get in really? touch to the guys over at Mad Dog Sports Radio. They have a Falcon. I think it's, uh, first week in June. I want to say the first or the fourth. Is maybe it the in first. Manhattan? It'll be in Manhattan and, uh, it'll be one-on-one this time. There did won't, there you, won't be anybody see, else. Did you hear the commentary? During that? No, I did oh, not. Oh, you did not hear it. No. They, they, that I don't was, know who was, was it? Don Callis and Excalibur. Oh, was it? Yeah. The AEW guys, right? Aren't they doing AEW? Uh, Don does Impact and Excalibur is involved with AEW. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And pros. If I'm not mistaken, I listened to it real quick um, earlier today. And they said you should retire from wrestling. And something about picket fences, maybe putting up fences as a living. Uh, you got to listen back to oh, that. Oh, I'm a fence guys, builder? That's those, funny. Those guys really, uh, really dug you a hole there. That's fine. It's, it's funny when, when, when people talk about you and they know that, that you can't hear it. And then when you confront them face to face, they go, oh, "No, what are you talking about, man? No, nah, bro." <laughs> but regardless, I think it was good uh, just for for wrestling in general, but but more for for sports radio and more for the fact that there could be some inroads with Sirius XM for the uh, Strike Zone. You took pod. one for the team. I you did. Took one for the I team. did. Literally. So uh, when Joe and I are hosting Strike Zone Pod, <laughs> that's what's going to be going on. Hi, right, Mike. How are you? How are your teams doing? Um, Trevor you... Bauer. Yeah. Trevor okay. Bauer. Go ahead. Give it to me. I buddy. think it's been too long into the show. And we, have we have not, not mentioned have not his mentioned name. Trevor Bauer yet. Um, seven innings, no runs, no hits against Toronto last nice. week. Six walks, eight strikeouts. The walks. The is, that, walks is that good? Joe's going, is that good? He just held him <laughs> piece of paper he wrote is that good <laughs> that is very good in 14 innings he's given up one hit the walks were kind of an outlier he only had one walk to start before 17 strikeouts this season in his 14 innings pitch so the changeup is the factor sure. it's gone from seven percent usage from last season to 17.8 percent nice. usage this season and he's thrown it 40 times this year he's yet to give up a hit and his curveball he didn't throw his curveball much in the first start he used it a lot with guys on base in the second start but the changeup kind of makes uh makes everything flow a lot more easier for sure. him and the swing and strike rate on the changeup is 12.5%. So now he has five pitches that he's using over 10% of the time, which only one or two other guys in the entire Major League Baseball could say that. So Trevor Bauer is for real and him being the number one starting pitcher off the board in 2020, like I have said for the last couple of months, is uh, is in the realm of possibility now. All right, well, let's get through 2019 before we go to 2020. Uh, any concern that, that Clev leaves with a, with a stiff upper back in his last start? Uh, does that affect Bauer in any way? Does that affect the rotation in any way? Are you saying because they're best friends? Yes. Yes. You got it? Best yeah, no, I got it. Uh, the You're Trevin Clev Show. The Trevin Clev Show <sighs> is actually coming to YouTube near you soon. Is it? Yeah, they're, they're producing their own show. And I think uh, starting this Wednesday, another Trevor Bauer show is coming out where he's sitting down with major leaguers each week. I don't know how often they're putting it out. I think Nolan Arenado was in the picture that I saw today. That's cool. But as for Clevenger... They, they say it's precautionary, so I'm, I'm going to take their word for it. 
he doesn't really have too much of an injury history to look back on. And he's he's been pitching great, too. 12 innings, his case per nine is 16.5, which is insane. He hasn't given up a run yet either. And his FIP is just as low as his ERA. His FIP's a .32, his XFIP's 1.05. So the Trevin Clev show is definitely uh, the real deal. And if you were able to get both those in whatever league you're playing in, you definitely got off that hot start in the pitching category. Let me ask you something. If someone offered you... Bellinger and someone for Bauer and someone, would you do it? Uh, it depends who those someones are. That's uh, right. Would you do Belly for Bauer straight up? Uh, depends on what you need. I mean, usually you would go hitting over pitching, but. I disagree. I go pitching over I'm saying the, all the, gen- time. the general public. The general yeah. public <laughs> would. <laughs> general public. <laughs> <laughs> usually you would go uh, hitting over pitching. That's what the book says, but I wouldn't trade Bauer for Bellinger now. Okay, fair enough. All right, any questions for me? Or are we done? Is that a no from you as well on the Bellinger-Bauer? Yeah, I would say no. Sorry. I agree. I just don't do Uh, pitching. Uh, I don't give away pitching too much. I just love it too much. I agree. Uh, Trout being Trout, home run in four straight games. (laughs) I mean, this is what we call in horse racing the chalk. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and that's it, and it's not going to change, at least, you know, barring an injury. He's Mike Trout, and I've had this conversation with people off the air, and and I, I would venture the notion that he is arguably, if not, definitively uh, the greatest player of our generation. And there are many that argue that- I think we're in different generations. <laughs> of my generation. Uh, and I think that we, I'm going to stab you in the neck with a pen. Um, and I think that honestly, if we start to look at, at, at metrics such as war and things like that, I think it was you that told me that Mike Trout's war is better than Harper and Machado's combined. Is that true? Uh, I believe I read that tweet earlier in the offseason. You might have mistaken me for someone else, but yeah. It's absolutely insane. He um, he only has three strikeouts this year in 43 plate appearances, and his chase rate's the lowest it's ever been at 14.9%. His contact rate's the highest it's ever been at 91.5%. So Mike Trout is actually better than Mike Trout's ever been so far this season. So that uh, that first pick being used on Mike Trout, I don't know if anyone out there took Mookie bets, but Trout was definitely the way to go beforehand, and he's proven it now. I tweeted a picture of my dog, Mookie Betts, at you. I saw that. That yeah. was actually, I said that was a very good tweet. That was one of your best tweets yet. My dog doesn't like you. You don't like my emotional tweets. I don't like your emotions at all, actually. This no. is this is baseball or wrestling? No, no, baseball. <laughs> just, <laughs> just baseball. Just baseball. No just such thing. Just... Baseball and, and uh, adopting animals. Because you're always That's tweeting it. this emotional stuff. I don't know. This what, just like... because you interpret it to be emotional? You tweet nothing, it to be emotional. nothing to do with you. Don't make me pull the receipts now and start reading your emotional tweets. This guy's threatening me on the air. If, if, if Joe can get some, like, soft music, then maybe we could allow you to oh god Joe's smiling right now I was only kidding oh god watch Put the his theme song here's on here. what bothers me is that you have Joe's number also and you're sitting over there and you start like emailing him and texting him from like your, your computer uh, at some point it's just, we're just gonna have like you know the, the theme from I don't know Green River is that a thing whatever Moon River theme from Mystic something Mystic River no Mystic huh. River is a Rush song actually but anyway um so yeah, Trout being Trout, Bauer being Bauer. Um, how are your teams doing overall? Are you uh, you winning? Are you losing? Are you right in the middle of the pack? What's uh, going on with could you? Could be worse. Could be worse after the Turner Stan injury in one league, the Turner Lindor injury in the other league, and then the Yahoo League. I got kind of screwed facing Ballinger because he just won all the categories almost single handedly. He was enough for like three guys. Seriously, um, could be worse. Could be better, but could be worse. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not complaining too much. Ronnie Acuna. Four for 31 in a 129 with two extra base hits. Jose Ramirez, who I don't own. Told I don't you, know, but told Jose you. Ramirez. If you were listening to this show from the beginning, I uh, told you stay I, off of Jose what Ramirez. A, what a smug thing to say because we were on Fantasy Sports Network about three weeks ago. And, and you I said, said stay away from Christian Yelich. No, I said I'm off Christian Yelich. 
I did not say stay away. Those are two entirely I different things. I gotta listen things. back. You I should. Listen back. You should. You With, did say Akuna, but Christian yeah, Yelich. I said you can keep Akuna, and I've been saying I'm just I'm off. I'm off Joe Ram. I'm, I'm off a lot of the Indians. Akuna's man. Akuna's in Colorado this week, so that will uh, that should turn things around. He's he's almost breaking out of whatever he's in, whatever rut he's in. Jose Ramirez is another guy that's six for thirty one, hitting one ninety four, two extra base hits. Well, here's another thing: a lot of people aren't realizing we're only in technically the third week. It's been like nine days. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean of a six month season. So anyone that's panicking anyone that's dropping guys things like that like just just chill for a hot minute you know what i mean put on a grateful dead song and and, and inhale the greenery and take in the scenery because you need to just chill for a minute and and understand it's a long season and guys are going to do what guys are going to do so if you have players out there and feel free to tweet us at strike zone pod and you're wondering about cutting bait you know, uh, take a second and just relax. And if you need to hear an emotional tweet of mine, perhaps I'll send you something. You know, something cryptic, something something. That was pensive. the word I was looking for. Yeah, of before. course. Cryptic. Yeah. Yeah, your Do word, you know who the number recall. one Grateful Dead fan is in the entire world? Bill Walton. Bill Walton. Very good. Look at you. You know where he went to school? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Oh, come on. Conference Oregon? of Champions. No, UCLA. UCLA. That's right. He did go to UCLA. Conference of Champions. All right. All right. So you can ask me about my teams, or are you just going to have this show be all about you? No, so Josh Hader has five saves in seven and a third. Yes. This guy is absolutely lights out. 13 strikeouts, one hit, one walk. Is he the long-term answer for the ninth inning in Milwaukee? Well, here's the issue, because... Uh, Jeffers has started a rehab assignment, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to pay attention to that. And council has said that if Jeffers comes back, that Hader will fall back into that seventh or eighth inning role. That's been solidified. He said that. No, he just you know he's he's alluding to it. it. Yeah. So uh, again, I would watch that fluid situation and and just keep an eye on it. But uh, as far as like closers and things like that, as the league begins to shake out, I put out a tweet that Tim Beckham goes down with a well, not down, was pulled from a game with a tight hammy, and Scott Schebler finally hit a home run. Like the league is going to shake out; it's going to finally become what you recognize it to be. So just take a second and um, approach Hater with kid gloves. If you have him, hold him. If he's involved in a trade that you're going to, or if he's on your wavy wire, then by all means, go ahead and get him. But um, yeah, man, I would watch that situation the same way with people that own a lot of New York Yankees. I mean, they have what twelve guys on the well, injured list. You actually bring that up. I was just about to break a little bit of news here. As right, of break o- it. eleven minutes ago, break it down. Luis Severino didn't feel good while long tossing Monday, and is headed back to New York to undergo another MRI. Oh, that's some crappy news. The initial MRI on his shoulder back in early March showed rotator cuff inflammation. But now we'll have to wait and see whether it gotten worse. Even okay. if the diagnosis is unchanged, his timetable could be pushed back some. And you're pulling that from our friends at Roto World, right? Yeah, we have friends at Roto World. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's a, it's a great resource. Roto World. I've been using Roto World since I was about 12 years old. So shout so out to yesterday. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to the Roto World, uh, uh-huh. Roto World people. I think um, Clay Link's not with Roto World, is he? Uh, Clay, Clay, Link is, Clay Link is Roto Wire. Roto Wire. Yes. Excuse me. But yeah, shout out to the Roto World guys that uh, that's been powering me through the last fifteen years of my life. So how are your teams doing? Hang on, Joe and I were just talking about you. Um, my teams are doing well. I, I have two teams that auto drafted, and I've been working the waiver wire, and they have been been doing quite well. But here's something that I found incredibly interesting and almost laughable. So. I love I, I, I have John Gant. Mm-hmm. I have him across the board and everything. I call him a swing guy, guy right? SPRP, you can throw him wherever. And I notice that two guys in two leagues that have – they're in other leagues that I'm in that I don't own John Gant, but they're also in leagues where I do. They had no idea who he is. I just went and I watched. Both of them went and picked him up. Both of them threw them in their SP spot. So it's almost as if it's it's flattering that, you know, you're, you're basically taking what I do. But at the same time, like <sighs> – 
what's happening to me, Mike, where I'm becoming offended and frustrated at the fact that people just don't follow this game, that they just kind of watch ESPN or they read a box score or they look on social media. I mean, I have the MLB package. I sit and I watch every game and I love every game. And it's annoying if you have no idea who John Gant, Ron Gant, no, entirely different player. <laughs> you had no idea who he was. And then you went ahead and picked him up because you see that I'm utilizing him in the role. Should I be offended? Should I be flattered? It's a... Uh it's a blessing and an insult at the same time. I tuned into your uh, Fight TV thing for probably about three minutes, and what I saw was you say, former semi-pro hockey player, da-da-da-da-da-da, former WWE wrestler, and then you said fantasy baseball guru, and then the guy behind the thing questioned you about something, and you said you were going to talk to him after. Do you recall? Uh, I do know that I mentioned your name and, and said, you? yeah, we talked about the podcast quite a bit, actually. We had to do oh, uh, we did 15 hours of content each day. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm not just going to talk about wrestling. Yeah, man. We, but it we, was funny that you, you annoyed yourself a fantasy baseball guru, which is a... Uh, can you deny that? Which is a... Uh, I don't know. I've never been in a league with you. But it's just based off of the few weeks that we've guru, been speaking. Guru is a strong word. Well, does Matthew know what Matthew's talking about? Matt does. Does that make him a guru? I don't know. Do you want to sit Indian style on the floor and we can try to, try to channel and find your way to Nirvana? So I would take it as a blessing and an insult at the same time. I highly doubt anyone in your leagues would have picked up John Gant if they didn't hear you say that you were picking up John Gant. Seriously. For those listening and wonder why we're talking about John Gant, John Gant does have a 1.5 ERA this year in six innings pitch, and he does have two wins and a save. He is probably the only pitcher in Major League Baseball with two wins and a save right now. 100%, yeah, right? It's great. It's but got, that, but that, that's the way the game is changing. And, and for those of you that are in leagues that reward pitching and also have an innings limit, you're really going to want to start. And I, I, I'm going to say it because it is what it is. You're going to really want to start to look at these guys that have SPRP eligibility. And you're going to want to at least, if nothing else, uh, follow the box scores and just see. Because it's something, for instance, I was watching an Angels game the other day and I saw they brought in Ty Buttry in the seventh inning. And, and, and that's something that unless you watch – you're not going to know that. Same and with Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes being brought in the seventh oh, inning. Hang on one second. Here we go. Right now, this is a thrill for me. We have the man who is a voice on the greatest show in all the world, Sleeper in the Bust. The man who has a character in MLB The Show. The man behind Rotographs, ESPN. He's just the man coming into the strike zone. Paul Spora. Paul, what's up? This is Matt Stryker and Mike the Rotocop. Matt and Mike, thank you guys so much. What an amazing intro. I definitely don't deserve it, but I greatly appreciate it. How's it going? What's going on, Paul? Uh, it's, it's going great, and I, I have to say, and I've been saying now, we've been on the air for a little while, uh, coming away from pro wrestling and coming into the fantasy sports world, this is like the equivalent of me talking to, like, Triple H, because, I mean, I've followed your stuff for so long, I've listened to your podcasts, and I just think that when you find someone that's good at what they do, that it, it, it takes a lot to just say... Hey man, you know you're good. You're great. So, so that's a big thank you from me. I'm going to stop gushing, Mike. What do you got for him? He's been talking about you for like three <laughs> days straight, Paul. He, he won't stop talking. About you. <laughs> All right, well, so, I greatly appreciate it. It's the best. Yeah. So, um, we took a look back at your uh, recent article about uh, some of the players you most own, who you had most shares of. So, I sent to you in the in the doc that we wanted to talk to you about a couple of pitchers, starting with Ross Stripling. And I know it's early, and I know we're not uh, really, the verdict's not out on a lot of these guys yet. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on what's gone on so far with a guy like Stripling, whose velo's down from 92 to 90, basically, but his soft contact rate's way up from last year, and his changeup percentage is way up from last year, which seems like it's a, it's a theme in the Dodgers' rotation this year. What, is, what have you seen from Stripling so far? Yeah, it, it is a bit of a mixed bag with Stripling because one of the things I liked about him was that he was able to 
miss bats at a high clip, not walk many guys, and kind of work his secondary pitches, namely the breakers, off of the fastball. If I'm being 100% honest, coming into the season, I kind of wanted him to ditch that changeup because it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It has looked better this year, and that's part of why he's using it more. But I'm still in an ideal world, I still prefer him using the slider and curveball more than anything else as far as his secondary pitches go. And as we're seeing, he does only have a 17% strikeout rate in those first two starts compared to 27% last year. And I think it's because the changeup isn't a swing and miss pitch. Now, he is inducing the weak contact off of it, as you mentioned. So I can kind of take the trade-off. But one of the things I loved about Stripling was even understanding that I'm not going to get a ton of innings. I thought a high strikeout volume was going to make up for it. So if he is more of a lower to medium strikeout guy, I'm going to have to reassess my my interest in him because he isn't going to get a ton of innings. Ross Stripling, even at age 29, they really take care of his innings. They have so many guys that they run in and out of there. So uh, two starts, like you mentioned, let's not freak out, but I am keeping a close eye on it because he was somebody I backed quite a bit this year, as you mentioned in the portfolio piece, and I highly recommended him. I want to see more of the swing and miss in Stripling's game. Yeah, and another guy. So maybe I missed this in the offseason because, like I said, the theme with the Dodgers seems to be they're throwing more changeups. Kent Maeda is another guy you have. I think it was four shares of, of him and Stripling and the next guy we're going to talk about. So Kent Maeda, after 11.2 innings pitch, has 10 strikeouts. He has a 3.09 ERA. But his changeup percentage is up from 15.2% to 28.4%. Did I miss something during the offseason? Are the Dodgers really stressing changeups for these guys? Or you think it's just kind of a, a situational thing? They had the diamond back, so I know a lot of those guys can't hit changeups. Now, if you, if you missed it as a, as a team theory, so did I, because I, I was unaware of that. Um, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of players are moving away from their fastball to favor their secondary stuff. But I agree with you that it does look like the Dodgers almost implemented a, a change-up policy where they're really kind of pushing guys towards that. I don't know what that is. That's kind of interesting. It could just be like a two-star fluke or something that they went for. I know Maeda specifically was working on his, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it was a team-wide sort of thing. I just really like what he's able to do, Kenta Maeda. He gets a lot of – it's similar to Stripling. He's not going to pitch a ton of innings, but he misses a ton of bats, and he consistently has high strikeout totals. So I wanted him, even if it's only for 130 innings or so. And again, so far this year, the strikeouts have been a little bit light, but it's two starts. I'm not freaking out on any of my Dodgers guys. I was getting as many as I could just because they've got good pitching. It can be frustrating to have them on your team, but when they're when they're clicking, they're doing well. And one of his starts was in Coors Field, too, no. so I'm not going to freak out on Kenta Maeda at no. all. All right, I want to stay in Los Angeles, but I want to go to the bats. I see that you own shares of Austin Barnes. I love the fact that he's catcher. Uh, yeah, he's a catcher. He's also second base eligible. He's 8 for 19, two home runs. He's hitting 421. How happy are you with so far with Austin Barnes? I'm ecstatic because catcher was an absolute wasteland yep. this year. and Barnes was somebody I bought back in on. I'm more inclined, if I really back somebody and they flop for me, if I don't really see the skills completely falling apart, I'll buy back in. I know some folks go the other way. They get angry and they say, never again. You're done. You're not going to be on my team. That's not me. I looked at Barnes last year, and it was, a, it was a disjointed 238 plate appearances. He was terrible. Make no mistake about it. But that strikeout rate didn't make sense. He struck out 28% of the time despite a 6% swinging strike rate. And that just, that just doesn't add up. Like He's not a strikeout guy. And he walks a ton, and Yasmani Grandal was gone. And uh, Russell Martin is not going to be somebody who really takes him out of 
uh, off the field all that often. So I'm very interested in Austin Barnes. I'm still picking him up anywhere where he's available. I think he's going to be a strong catcher this year. And one of my bold predictions was that he could be a top five catcher this year. So I'm all in on Austin Barnes, and I love that we're getting a, a strong start from him. Yeah, and another guy that, that I own and you own as well, and it just makes me feel all warm inside, is uh, left-handed hitting first baseman Justin Bohr, watching the fluid situation going on out there with Otani and Pujols. I have him too, and uh, I'm sad. <laughs> Three for 29, yep. he's hitting 103, he's only 6% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Now, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to start to cut players so early, but is, is Bohr on the chopping block? Bohr is definitely open to being cut in scenarios where it merits. Somebody I've really kind of taken a liking to here in the early going is Christian Walker out in Arizona, sure. especially with Jake Lamb getting hurt. That's a swap I would make, Walker for Bohr. I love Bohr coming in, um, but we really needed him to hit the ground running because, as you mentioned, Otani's working his way back. And whether we like it or not, uh, Pools is not going to sit unless you know there's some sort of injury or like a buyout. Otherwise, they're just going to keep running his carcass out there, <laughs> seeing what he what they can get out of him. And of course, we want Otani to play because he's a beast. So Bohr is kind of putting himself behind the eight ball here. Of course, we are still in that range where two hot games can completely flip him, and all of a sudden, if he hits you know two homers and two doubles in a two game span, his his OPS would be like eight thirty, and we'd be like, oh, what what slow start? So. Let's not completely freak out, but in shallower leagues where there's, you know, the Christian Walkers of the world, uh, maybe a Ryan O'Hearn, another guy I really love, there's a handful of guys that could be available at the first base corner area where I would be okay uh, jumping off the board train at this point. Deeper leagues, I'm still holding. I'm going to give them, you know, more than just eight games, but I am disappointed by the, uh, by the stumble out of the gate. Yeah, so you could find Paul's article out, Rotographs. You could see the other players he has uh, a lot of shares of in his portfolio, whether it be Brandon Woodruff, uh, Matt Chapman, Corey Seager. And it's a pretty detailed article about these guys and why he thinks they're going to they're gonna succeed this year. I just want to shift over a little bit to your 2019 starting pitching rankings, Paul. And I know you wrote this early in, uh, I think, March 13th was, was the published date for it. And you caught some flack on Twitter for uh, putting Herman Marquez number 35. And I know he's had an easy start, and I know he's pitched away from course so far. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does uh, in his next couple of starts. But you want to talk about Marquez a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I was cautious on him because Coors Field is undefeated. And so while I absolutely like what Herman Marquez has done, it was an, and it was a brilliant second half, make no mistake about it, I just didn't want to pay for a top – I don't want to pay like a top 20. He was actually going like 20 seconds. So if I'm being fair, we'll call it a top 25 starter. I didn't want to pay for that for somebody who I'm afraid of when they're pitching at home. And, uh, you know, even in the midst of that big breakout last year, he was pitching well at home. But it's – I mean, it's a half season. I don't know that we can look at a half season and say a guy has completely figured it out, especially a park like that that is undefeated. I made a comparison to it being similar to what we did with uh, John Gray. Granted, mm -hmm. John Gray never did anything this good the way uh, Marquez did last year, but it, I don't think it's terribly dissimilar to what we saw when we, when we kind of uh, went, went crazy for John Gray. So I just played it a little bit cautiously with Marquez. I caught some heat. We'll see how he does. You know, I understand that every time he does well at home, I'm going <laughs> to catch some heat. But I guarantee you that when, if and when he allows seven earned at home, 
uh, there's going to be tumbleweeds from those folks. I'm not going to hear a single word from them, or it's going to be excuse-ridden. So You're going to be uh, the Dansby Swanson, Justin Mason treatment with uh, with Marquez. Precisely. <laughs> precisely. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, and it's not that I hated him either. It's not that I think he's a flop, loser pitcher. It's that I didn't want to pay top dollar for Herman Marquez because I didn't feel like he was a set-it-and-forget-it kind of guy because of Coors Field. I feel like his 377 ERA is probably something that you can get again this year. But if he ended up with a 410 ERA and a ton of strikeouts, that won't kill your season. But I don't want to pay the 22nd pitcher off the board for it. That no. was my, that was my contention. Yeah. Oh no! Social media heat. What are we gonna do? Oh my lord! All right. Also in your rankings, you had uh, Chris Saley third, Zach Wheeler seventeenth, you Darvish twentieth. Who worries you the most out of these three guys? Let me eliminate Wheeler right away because <laughs> I'm really not concerned uh, about him after the two right. the two crummy starts that you add them together. The first start. Uh, really wasn't even that bad. Five innings, four runs. I'm fine with that when you're getting seven strikeouts and just having one walk. Yesterday was uh, a Sunday, for those that aren't listening. When, I'm not sure exactly what, when this is out. But uh, it was a bad, a really bad inning, a four-hit, two-walk second inning that allowed five of those seven runs in Wheeler's second start. They did identify a mechanical issue. Uh, Mickey Callaway, as you know, was a pitching coach over in Cleveland before becoming a manager, so I like kind of having him at the helm to figure some things out with Wheeler. I am 0% concerned about him. As for Darvish and Sale, I'm probably going to say I'm a little bit more concerned about say, uh, Darvish than Sale. Because of the blister late in spring training, I have to wonder if that's still lingering. You know, we, we were just talking Dodgers pitchers. Think about Rich Hill consistently dealing with that blister issue. And when it pops open or, or causes irritation, it can really mess with your ability to pitch. I mean, you know, we don't pitch. You know, we don't play baseball for a living. But, uh, Matt, you obviously were an athlete. Think about, you know, any sort of little pain that we have in our day-to-day life, what it can do when we're just doing menial day-to-day tasks. Now put a giant, nasty blister on your finger and try to throw a baseball accurately and well a uh, hundred times in a row. And, you know, I think people hear blister and they think it's kind of a wimpy injury. But then when you really think about it, it's a pretty devastating injury when your hand is your, is your tool. Like that, that's the main thing that you're using. So I have to wonder if that's still bothering Darvish. I'm very concerned after 11 walks and six and two-thirds. I try not to freak out after two starts. I, I have to have some concern here for Darvish. He was somebody I really liked coming into the year. And as soon as he got that blister, I, I was like, son of a gun, I'm nervous about this if this doesn't heal up quickly. And I think right now, He's still dealing with it. All right. I want to go back to the Dodgers. I want to talk about a fellow Texas boy, Max Muncie. Uh, where do you stand on him right now? Um, what are we, nine days into the season? Where do, you, where do you stand on old months considering what he's been doing in uh, 28 at-bats, seven hits, three home runs, batting 250? I love Max Muncie coming into the year. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder if I could go find those tweets from, you know, just a few days ago when he was, quote-unquote, having a slow start. And then two homers in a Colorado series later. All this, this is what I'm talking about with like Bohr. This is a perfect example. After the uh, April second game, Muncie had a 4.58 OPS. Three games in Coors later, he's got a 1,004. That's the zone that we're in right now. That's how wild it is. My one concern with Muncie, though is that he's being platooned more than I thought. That's right. I thought that he kind of showed. Now we know from the people who study the stats real deep and, and find trends and all that, 
that just 119 plate appearances against left-handers doesn't mean that you are dominant against them. That's too small of a sample. But he was good. He held his own in 891 OPS for Muncie last year in those plate appearances against lefties. I thought that would buy him enough leash to start primarily against, you know, stay in the lineup against lefties. But we're seeing that that's not the case. Maybe I should have known a little bit better with the Dodgers. That said, it's a long season. I'm still I'm, I'm holding the course with Muncie. Even if he's only a strong side platoon guy, so he, he gets to face all the righties and gets to face a lefty here and there, he can still get me 450 strong plate appearances. So I'm not really worried about Muncie, and I'm happy to have him. I was actually going to go start seeing some folks were ready to panic on him, and then he goes to Coors Field and, and, and goes off. So now I have to kind of dial it back again. Yeah, people really got to uh, remember that we're so short into the season before they make any drastic moves like that. Uh, before we let you go, I wanted to talk about one more player that was in MLB The Show, and his name is Paul Spore. How did, uh, <laughs> how did this happen? So um, I am part of their Sony Partner Program. It's a group of nine of us on YouTube and Twitch. I, I do mostly Twitch, not really any YouTube. But it's a group of us that are content creators. We kind of promote the game and, and you know help foster the community. Uh, take critiques of the game back to the developers, try, you know, just try to enrich the community. So they created the Sony Partner Program to kind of shine a light on, on people who are doing stuff like that. They invited us out to San Diego in January, and they, they emailed me. They had the nerve to email me asking <laughs> if I wanted to be face-scanned into the game, as if I would ever say no. Like, they should have just emailed, you're being face-scanned. They shouldn't have even asked it as a question. Cause there's no universe where I would say no. But, uh, no, it was absolutely awesome. We went out there for the community days. They put my dopey face in there. Just this past weekend, they released the uh, Sony Partner Moments where you can play as all of our characters. It's a lot of fun, and it's a program that they're going to expand. So if you're a content creator out there in the YouTube, Twitch, or whatever space that you're out there you know, trying to foster the uh, MLB The Show community, then you're eligible for something like this to be, to be part of the Sony Partner Program and uh, maybe even get yourself in the game. It's an amazing honor, and I'm beside myself at how cool it is. How do they actually, like the people out there, the listeners, how do they get to use your character? Is it in a pack, or do they have to download a certain uh, so, downloadable two, thing? Two different ways. Two different ways. If you play an offline franchise, you can go into the free agents, and you can pick me up. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pitcher there. I, am, <laughs> I did use my real age, which is 37, so I probably won't last too long in a franchise. I'll probably retire after one year. <laughs> but if you're more of a Diamond Dynasty player, which is the online uh, version, it's under the moment. And you'll see Sony Partners. you got a little picture there of the nine of us. And you can do all sorts of stuff. You can, you can try to hit a home run off me. That's one of them. <laughs> to hit a home run off of me using my buddy Chris Mills. I hope you don't take me deep, but I, I had to. I had to hit a home run off myself to uh, to pass the mission. I felt really bad doing it, but you know sometimes you get sometimes you gotta just go yard off yourself. But yeah, that's under the moment stuff. And se send me your clips if you bean me. If you if you go home run off me, send me the clip. I've been enjoying the heck out of it. <laughs> what did you throw yourself that you yoked out of the yard? So he he brought he brought me that that week. Heat. I would sit in heat against virtual self. And now it is 96, but it's straight as an arrow. And I knew I was coming with it because I'm in my own head. And so I just turned it around, yak down, easy. I sent it 450 the other way. I had to do it to him. Nice. And you and I, I mean, I'm, I'm a little older than you. I used to make my own Stratomatic card. I was a player in Stratomatic, and I have yes. out-of-the-park baseball as well. Um, I have a question. So people can find you at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. 
Who's the dog on your Twitter page? The dog on my Twitter page is actually Kermit. Uh, that, that belongs to Jenna Marbles. If sure. you follow YouTube at all, she's a YouTube superstar. She's been around forever. And uh, that's her Italian greyhound, Kermit. Uh, outside of my own dog, Charlotte, he's my favorite dog, and I've never even met him. He's so cute <laughs> and dopey. I just absolutely adore him. And I, I saw that picture. I've had that picture for a while. Everyone says, why don't you have your own dog? I was like, I got pictures of Charlotte everywhere. So I don't mind uh, honoring Kermit. He's, he's a really sweet, uh, goofy dog. And, yeah, Jenna Marbles, anyone who's been on YouTube probably knows who she is. And that's one of her three dogs. All right. There must be something in the water in Austin, Texas, whether it's Chris Paddock, The Undertaker, you. I mean, this has just been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, my man. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. I really appreciate y'all having me on. And if you want me back on in the summer, I'm happy to do it. All right. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Nice. Oh, man. And Mike, don't make fun of me for fanboying. I'm allowed. When you first met me, you started asking me all these wrestling questions. Oh, my God, what's The Rock like? Oh, do you know Kelly Kelly? Good, because you become British, evidently. Like, oh, my God, do you know Vince McMahon? So you, bring, this is, you bring this accent out a lot. This, is my, this yeah. is my go-to accent. But this is my thing. you got to understand, dude. For me, being in, in the wrestling bubble, but always having this as a passion, to get to speak to these guys. You brought Justin Mason on. That was a thrill for me. You, you brought Al on last week. And just even talking to you. I mean, I'll, I'll stay it straight up, man. For, for me to be used to coming from a world where everyone's like, oh, my God, Matt Striker, oh, my God, Matt Striker. Now it's a chance for Matthew Kay to talk to the people that, that he has followed and that he has, you know, invested in. So it, it kind of it validates me. So, so stop making fun of me, dude. Hopefully down the road this uh, takes a, a good turn for us and we're into Interviewing people like Paul Spore daily. Yeah. I mean, at I least I hope it takes a, a turn for me. I mean, you know, <laughs> he's going to leave me on the side of the road. So uh, what were your <laughs> thoughts on, on, on some of the stuff that, that Paul said? No, Paul was good. Paul, uh, yes, Paul was good. He stresses to not give up on guys after nine days, which people in fantasy baseball tend to freak out. There's a lot of recency bias in, in fantasy sports in general. So it's definitely something to keep your uh, your head on straight and not, not go crazy. Just because of eight or seven seven games of play that that didn't go your way. Other than that, um, he didn't really seem too concerned with Stripling's lack of velo. He didn't seem too concerned with uh, Maeda throwing the changeup more. He actually thought that was a good. Uh, he thought Maeda throwing the changeup wasn't the greatest thing, but he said he like he liked Stripling throwing the changeup more. If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. yeah. He said so the, whole, the Dodgers seem to be being a, a changeup organization. And I said it last week. The changeup is this year's slider. Yeah, exactly. You did say it last week, and you see guys like Bauer who who are perfecting the changeup now, and it's only gonna only gonna make the trend go uh, go even further with the changeup. So mm-hmm. uh, Paul Paul did a great job, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have him back on in the summer. Yep. Depending on where we are. And also, if you were paying attention, he gave some nuggets. He said, go and try, and if you haven't already, Christian Walker. I mean, I've been on him. You've been on him. Ryan O'Hearn. And also, if someone's ready to cut bait on Max Muncy, call to Paul, go out, make that trade, and go get him. So that's some good stuff. And speaking of going out and trying to hit the waiver wire and trying to look at ways to uh, improve your team, I want to move into pitchers that are starting two times, two start pitchers, as well as waiver wire pickups. Is there anybody that you are looking at as two start pitchers and waiver wire pickups this early on in the season? And uh, what are your moves, buddy? So as, as far as the two start pitchers go, I wanted to select guys that you could actually go attain that weren't <laughs> like 70% owned. Yeah. Yeah. So the choices were slim. It wasn't, very, there wasn't much. Very, very uh, Eric Lauer is at San Francisco, yep. at Arizona. 
he has a 3.27 ERA this year and only 11 innings, but he's really making guys chase his, his O swings 35.1%. So he has 11 innings for and at uh, Oracle, which is formerly AT&T Park. Mm. And the Giants will probably have three to four lefties in their lineup, and Lauer's obviously good against lefties. So that might be a good start, but the, when it gets dicey is when he goes to Arizona later in the week. He did, does have five innings, one earned at Chase Field, but with guys like Walker and Flores who dominate left-handed pitching in the lineup, that might be a little dicey, but he was one of the better options. And Marco Estrada, too, simply because of his competition at Baltimore, at Texas. And I know things might get uh, dicey in Texas as well with all the fastball hitters on uh, the flyball hitters on the team in that ballpark, but current Orioles are hitting 171 as a team against Estrada, and he has over 100, inning pit, 100 innings pitch in his career against the Orioles, so it's a team that he's familiar with and a park that he's familiar pitching with. So Estrada and Lauer, they're not the best guys in the world but you might mm. be able to get one good start out of them each and hopefully one mediocre start yeah and, and you make it a good point there are aren't a lot of people that are out there there are yeah. a lot of two-star pitchers but they're i mean blake snell's going at, at the white Sox at toronto a, a guy that I, I listed in i don't think he's out there but the reason i list him is interesting it was zach Greinke, uh because of the interleague matchup he's home versus texas which means that you know he's gonna have to face the pitcher and now that uh, guzman is down i think calhoun may or may not come up so that's going to be interesting. And then also he's playing against San Diego. And I understand people are going to say, well, Matt, the Diamondbacks have the third highest team ERA behind the Cubs in Boston. Why would you do that? Yeah. But like you said, it's not a lot out there. But there is one guy out there that I think you might be able to get. And he gives you a lot of strikeout potential. And he is ironically better at home than he is on the road. And he's home against Atlanta. And then he's on the road against San Francisco. And it's Kyle Freeland. Mm-hmm. I think if you can go out there and grab him for a nice little two-start week, uh, that might be something that uh, might help your team, question mark. But honestly, I think the point of this is don't get too caught up on two-star pitcher guys. You know what I mean? Just because a guy has two stars doesn't mean you have to go out there and get him. At least early in the season. Yeah. Because you're honestly. not really making up innings at this point. The two-star pitchers are going to be way more important down the road when you're making up innings if you have a 1,000-inning limit that you got to reach mm-hmm. or 1,400, 1,200, yep. whatever it is. So that's definitely a good point by you, something to keep an eye on. All right. Are you busy on your waiver wire in your leagues? I'm always busy on my waiver sure, wire. Me too. Live on the waiver wire. Um, Christian Walker's a guy I like. We mentioned Bang. him with Paul. He uh, is getting full time playing time now. Yeah, lands down. Right. He's going to see four four lefties this week with uh, Minor, Strom, Lauer, Lugazi. Todd Zola, the great Todd Zola, the great Todd Zola, four hundred seventeen dollars on Christian Walker in TGFBI. Out of a thousand, he built over a third of his fab bucks. Forty-two percent. Wow! Imagine that on Christian Walker. <laughs> he must he must know something. So uh, he's a guy I'm looking at. Zach Eflin also mm-hmm. is owned in sixty percent of leagues. And he's dominating 12, earn, uh, 12 innings, one earned, 14 Ks, only one walk. And he's faced good competition Minnesota, Washington. He developed this cutter that he's throwing a lot now. He's throwing a slider more, and it seems like he learned how to pitch as opposed to throwing, which was a common theme with a lot of guys in the league, like Noah Syndergaard and stuff. These guys come out when they're younger, just throw, and then they eventually learn how to pitch, and that's when they take the next step. And it seems like Eflin is, uh, is going to be one of those guys. All right, so I have two guys that I have made moves with in uh, two leagues that I like to call my water leagues because they're fluid. I'm not married to anyone. They aren't draft and hold leagues. I'm just going to keep moving, moving, moving because I like to be active. I think that the beauty of being a fantasy baseball guy, a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't like daily roster changes. I don't like to be in too many leagues. I love it. I think it keeps the brain sharp. It's yeah. use and disuse. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. I like to move it, move it. But you know what I mean? If you just sit and set your lineup for a week and you don't watch games and everything else, then next thing you know, two, three weeks have gone by and you're like, oh, I have so-and-so in my lineup and he's been hurt or whatever. So uh, one guy that I've really, really enjoyed and I 
don't think anyone knows who he is, at least unless you're listening to the show or you're a fantasy baseball crazy human being, that's Spencer Turnbull. Uh, he did pitch really well for me last week. I held on to him. I was going to drop him and then pick him back up again. But I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to keep him. Why not? I like to have a live arm. I understand he doesn't pitch on the best team in the world. But either way, it's just something that you want to look at matchups and you want to have that option for an extra arm. This next guy is a guy that I've been singing his praises the entire time, and now they're starting to call him the turtle, which I think is great, and that's Williams Ostadillo. The guy just does not strike out. He does not walk. He puts the ball in play. He's fun to watch run. It's just great. Yeah, that, was, that was my segue. I, Go. I thought you were going to keep going after that. What do you that. got? No, nah, he, he is great. He doesn't walk. He doesn't strike out. He just hits, and if he keeps hitting, he? he's going to find out, uh, find playing time in Minnesota. And it seems like they want to give him the playing time, so as long as he keeps hitting, he'll get it. And as for uh, the other guy you said, who would you say before Astadillo? Spencer Turnbull. Spencer Turnbull. He's him. Uh, there's a couple under-the-radar guys that might not be under the radar for, for that much longer. Uh, the kid on the Blue Jays, uh, Thornton, Thornton, if I'm saying that correctly. Trent Thornton, he pitched well the other Bo day. Bo Bichette? No, no, he pitched well hey, the other Oscar day. Oscar Hernandez? Uh, there's a couple guys in the league like Turnbull. So you can find the diamonds in the rough with those guys. Hey, diamonds, baseball, look at that. Speaking of diamonds a diamond in the rough... We pulled this diamond out of the dirt. We cleaned it off. And now it, it might become something that perhaps you could put in an engagement ring. If I were going to be shopping for an engagement ring and maybe I wanted to ask someone to marry me somewhere around the end of June, maybe if I had it all planned out, I'd want to find a diamond and put it in a setting and then ask this wonderful, wonderful lady if she would spend the rest of her life with me. And that diamond is our good friend, Joe. Good to be back, fellas. Hey, and, and Mike just dis- disparagingly calls you average Joe. You know what? I think you are above average Joe. You are extraordinary, extraordinary Joe. Well, let's not build me up too much over here. Come on. Especially, we'll with, this team fantasy, especially with this fantasy week I've had. We'll change the team name later in the season. But, Joe, you, you made a comeback last week. You only lost 5-4. Only 5-4. Only 5-4, and you did face Bellinger like I did. Who? It's comp- not your fault. It's it, not your yeah, fault, Yeah, it really is not your fault. Looking at it now, you had uh, 59, 69, 79. You had almost 70, 75 at-bats less than your opponent, and you huh. still you still had more RBIs than him. You only lost by one home run. So you, you put up a pretty good week, Joe. Well, I got a question for you. Yes, sir. You were talking about it earlier, too. You guys live on the waiver wire. You like the daily, you know, let's let's pick and choose here. Let's look at these matchups. Where do I even begin doing that with this team? Well, now you got an issue, Joe. David Dahl's hurt. He got hurt last night. China Dahl. China Dahl. Ryan Spielberg's wasn't a... Uh, no, he's not happy with that at all. Sorry. <laughs> so now you have an injury. Yeah. And now you can put this guy... Is, is he is he IL listed already? No, Joe's going to have to put him on the IL. Okay, so we are going to put him on the Showed IL. On that seven hours ago. But and <laughs> stay hot, Joe. That is going to open up a roster spot for you. And then this is a Yahoo League, so you're going to go to players. And you're going to click on that, and you're going to see all the players that are available. And you can pick if you want all batters, all pitchers, first base, second base. If you really want to get crazy, leave it up to us. You can look at them in their last five games, their last ten games. How did they hit lefties? What do they do at night? What if you had chicken to eat the night before? Things like that. But it's in players. And as, as the guest said earlier today as well, it's only the first nine games of the season. Yeah. So I'm, I can't be too, too hasty here, can no, I? No, no. Jo- Joe's got a little bit of cocky in his voice all of a sudden. Let me ask something. When you're going into work now, are you like going up to the phys ed teacher and kind of hitting him with a towel and going, hey, man, Jacob DeGrom, and just walking away? I'd do that anyway because I'm a Mets fan. <laughs> well, you have a lot to be happy about. Now you're doing it about Chris Paddock. That's the difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Miguel. 
Let's look at the team. Uh, we have one option here of ILing David Dahl and picking someone up. Is there anything else that we want to do with with Average Joe's ball club? Yeah, I, I I'm just gonna take the take the reins from here, Joe. Uh, <laughs> dropping dropping Dickerson, who just went on the IL. Right. Cesar Hernandez really has not been producing. Oh, hang and on a second. Before we drop Hernandez, who's his other second baseman? He also has Jeff McNeil. And Colton Wong, who okay. we picked up last week. That's fine. Uh, I think uh, so Hernandez is the guy to go. Hernandez. Now, I want to ask you something. Uh, after losing 5-4, how are the, the standings uh, shaking out? What is he chasing, he being Joe? It is head-to-head. So Joe is chasing the number one team, which is called E6, who won 8-2 to last week. E6, that would be an error on the shortstop. <laughs> yes, it would be. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> good. All right, uh, how's his pitching doing? His pitching's doing pretty decent. Uh, DeGrom. Who? <laughs> Berrios. Who? Tyler Glass now. Who? Anthony Swarzak. Chris Paddock. Oh, we picked up Swarzak for him last week. Sandy Alcantara. Uh, Blake Parker, who we picked up. Yeah. Hugh Darvish is really the only question mark, and Spore had a lot to say about him, so All right. I hope that didn't scare you away. Do you want to explore dropping Darvish? Do we want to propose a no, trade to no, someone? No. Uh, propose a trade might, might take a... A little bit of research. Okay, but. that's fine. So right now we're looking to drop Dickerson, drop Hernandez. What do we want to pick up? So we for got this three team? spots. I would stay with the and hitting. the IL on Dahl. Yeah. How, so. how long is 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 Joe's bench? Not <laughs> not very long. That's we're what about I've heard. Long. That's what I've heard, Joe. He's got Josh Bell and Jeff McNeil now. All right, Joe. Thoughts? I think we need to go with some hitting, losing with the RBIs and the uh, home runs. That's, that's how you lost your, your matchup? Yes, sir. And you had 75 less ABs. So being diligent on this uh, up-to-date, you know, who's playing today, who's not playing today, would definitely be a killer here as well. Yes, okay. it's very tough. All right. So uh, what's the waiver wire looking like, Mikey? Let me pull it up right here. And there's a guy that, that's here still that we talked about last week, and it's Michael Franco. I think that might be a, a play here. So we got, I'm going to run some guys down for you. Yeah, Christian me. Walker, who Is we Astu talked Dilo about. available? I think you sent me a text telling me that Ostudilo is available. Ostudilo. I think that was at 430. <laughs> is available. Ostudilo is available. So you got Ostudilo. I'm just going to give you who I think are, are the better options here. Um, Clint Frazier. Uh, I mean, unless this is a fab league, do you, do, you, do you go for Frazier? I mean, let me ask you this, Joe. Are you one of these guys? I don't know what that sound is. That's Mike. Uh, are you one of these guys that because you're a Met fan, you refuse to draft a Yankee or you don't care? This is cold, hard cash. We're, we're in it to win it. Thank you. Do you know how many guys I know? I swear, shout out to my buddy. I don't want to talk wrestling, but Kurt Hawkins became WWE Tag Team Champion uh, at WrestleMania. I've known Hawkins since he was 17 years old, since he first started. I'm in a league with him, and he just drafts Mets because he's a Met fan. And to me, that's just that's annoying and stupid. Well, if you're looking at a shorter fantasy league, I can see where some people might have that kind of bias. But we're going 162 games here. <laughs> That's like Joe's famous line. We're going 162 games. All right, so I'm looking on this waiver wire, Mike, that you sent me, and tell me if this is accurate. Hayward, Kiermaier, Healy, Ahmed, Swanson, Franco, Yandi Diaz, Alex Gordon, Christian Walker, Clint Frazier, Derek Dietrich, who someone's going to get killed over, Freddie Galvis, Hunter Renfro. I mean, are these all guys that are available in this league? These guys are available. All right, dude, this is what we're doing. All right, I'm taking over. All right, you tell me. You, my friend, are grabbing you some Christian Walker. What do you have, three spots? Three, Three spots. spots. Christian Walker, Astudillo, and so someone else. teacher. Well, there's two of us. Uh, Mike, do you believe in Christian Walker? 100%. Makes sense, right? I think this week, yeah, it makes sense for sure. Okay. Let's see how he does. So there's Walker, and now you have two spots. What do you want to do, brother? Uh, brothers, brothers. Yandy Diaz. I was going to say Yandy. Yeah, I think Yandy Diaz would definitely well, be Well, what's, what's Tampa Bay doing this week? 
They're playing baseball. Yeah, oh, what is else? that what they're doing? You're what right. else are they I'm doing? So sorry. They uh, they won five to one today. No, I'm saying, do they, do they go to six. Colorado? Where did they go? Uh, at, at the White Sox at Toronto, so they're not seeing the best pitching in the world. Let's yet. grab Yandy Diaz. And now for the uh, Domingo Her- spot. Domingo Herman's still available if you, you want love a, another star. Yeah, we should have picked him up last week, but you didn't want to. I say we go. I say we go. With yeah, him. executive decision from Average Joe. Executive decision. All right, here we go. Right. Simple enough. Who's his start going to be against? Do we know? He is starting against the Chicago White Sox in New York. All right, fine. Yeah. So this is what we've done to update Average Joe's team after losing 5-4 to four in a nail-biter in his first week, coming back and having 75 less at-bats than his opponent, which is a tip of the cap to you, my friend. You have dropped Dickerson, dropped Hernandez, and you've IL'd David Dahl. You have now added Christian Walker, Yandy Diaz, and Domingo Herman to your ball club. How do you feel? I'm stoked for the week. Hmm? I'm stoked for the week. Stoked for the week, Mike. What do you think? I think he's looking good. Uh, to only lose five four last week with the with the amount of bats at bats he had and facing Bellinger, I think uh, he could definitely make a play for a win this week. And uh, who's the opponent this week? Who are we playing? Who do we hate? The opponent is Batter Up. Batter Up, and can you, can you tell me Batter Up's team? Yes, one. And who owns Batter Up? And can we go to their house and break their fingers? Batter Up: Yadier Molina, Freddie Freeman, DJ LeMahieu, Mike Mustakis, Elvis Andrews, JD Martinez, Juan Soto, AJ Pollock, Jerickson Profar, Brian Dozier, Nelson Cruz, Carlos Santana, Max Kepler, Yonder Alonso. What's his pitching? His starting pitching is Jake Flaherty, Steven Strasburg. Jack. Jake, Jake Flaherty. It's okay. I know who you meant. <laughs> Jack Flaherty, Steven Strasburg, Rick Porcello. Eulis Chassin, and then his relievers are Chapman, Brazier, mm. Alvarado, Boxberger, Peralta. He has a lot of relievers. Um, I think you can win this league. I think you can win this week. I do. I'm going to go with the Freudian slip and say you think you can win. I can win this league. And I did. I'm yeah, happy yeah, to well, go. I that too. <laughs> uh, just real quick before we end this, uh, a friend of mine, uh, he and his girlfriend, it was his fiancée at the time, they got into a terrible fight, and she had his email password. And she went into his fantasy football league and she dropped like Aaron Rodgers. Like no she way. went and dropped all these guys. And forget the wedding being called off. Forget him being losing the love of his life. What drove him nuts is that she went and dropped like all of these players, these first round guys out of his fantasy football league. That is some story actually. So that's a word to the wise. Don't give anyone your passwords. Mike, <laughs> how do you want to close this thing up, buddy? Uh, look out for my content at Metsmerize. Hopefully yeah, I get a... Get a couple contacts there and talk to a couple of players, and we'll see what I'm working on, and hopefully it comes to fruition. All right, we're going to update you on how Average Joe's team is going. A big thank you to Paul Spora for joining us and just making this show the apple of my eye. A big thanks to you, Mikey the Rotocop. A big thanks to you, Joe. And as we always say, good luck, be safe, have fun. Now hit his music, Joe. We'll see you out there. <laughs>